Maybe it's because it's my birthday today. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, one year older. I'm 33 years old now, for those of you who are wondering. Or maybe this is the reaction that we all have when we see this video. I'm gonna let you judge this for yourself. These are little children. And when I say little children, you will notice that these children are actually toddlers. They're wearing diapers still. Um, and they, the, these children are unintended, no parents around. And this is, this is their reaction. They curse and they assault agents of the police force uh, who are trying to talk to them. So I don't know if it's because I'm one year older today when I say, what is this world coming to? What is this country coming to when this is a scene from a city here in the United States? I mean, this is actually... Putting, putting politics aside just for a second, I suppose, although it's almost impossible to divorce this video from politics, this is the saddest thing that I've seen in a long time. I watched this and my heart actually hurt. I felt pain in my chest watching these poor little children, these neglected children, these uncivilized children, these brainwashed children. And I, like I said, maybe this is impossible to divorce from politics because my thought when I saw this was, my goodness, someone needs to love these children. These children need to be hugged and taught right from wrong and shown through example how to, how to be the men and women that God created them to be. And the reason that they're not able to fulfill their, their potential, the reason that they're attacking these police officers as if these children are savages is because of the left. It's because of the narrative from the Democratic Party. It's because the left lies over constantly. We're inundated with lies from the left about how police officers are white supremacists. They are agents of a, of a racist government of an illegitimate United States. And by the way, you will notice that in this video, not that this, not that this should make a difference one way or the other, and it doesn't in the vast, vast majority of, of, of cases, but you'll notice that these Cops weren't even white people. These were minority cops. So the left said, oh, we need, we need more police officers who are representative racially of the communities that they're going to be policing. And, um, and, and, and so we said, okay. And, and, you know, minority police officers were deployed to minority neighborhoods. White police officers were deployed to white neighborhoods. And still, this is the reaction from these children. This is not in an inherent human behavior, meaning that this is not something that if these children aren't taught better, that this is an, uh, an instinctual way to react to police officers. No, no, no. This is the result of their environment. This is a result in, uh, of what they have been taught, of what they have heard. This is a result of what adults around them are telling them and how adults around them are behaving. This is, this is, this starts with the Black Lives Matter movement demonizing police officers. And it ends with the fact that these children have no parental super, supervision. There are no adults around them. The vast majority of children who live in inner cities are from single parent families, meaning they have no father. Their, mo their mother and father are not married. They come from broken, broken families. And, and, and these things, this narrative that comes from the radical left, this lie telling black children that, that police officers are going to kill them, 
they're arbitrarily going to murder young black men for the crime of being pulled over, for the crime of having a license tag that was out of date, that just because of the color of your skin, a police officer will murder you and that police officer will never be held accountable. This is the fear that these children are steeped in. This is the fear that these children's parents are steeped in. This is a lie. And this is the result of this lie. And you, and you, you pair that with this, this lack of family, the broken family, the, the complete absence of marriage, the, the absence of fathers to show these young men how to behave, to show these toddlers how to behave. And these are not arbitrary things that just happened. These are not circumstances that are unfortunate, but there's nothing we can do about them. These are the direct results of political decisions made by the left. And these are not political decisions and policies from the left that were well-intentioned and simply didn't turn out how they how the left promised they would or how the left anticipated they would. These are not these are not unwise policies or or dumb policies or policies that lack foresight. These are deliberately inflicted policies. Policies that the left knew would result in broken families. Policies that the left knew would result in brainwashed, indoctrinated, uncivilized children. Policies the left needs in order to keep this demographic black people as docile voters for the Democratic Party. So when you see this video and you see, and your heart breaks, my heart breaks for these children. They don't deserve this. They deserve to be loved. They deserve to be cared for. They deserve to be told the truth. So when you see this, no, this is the result of the Democratic Party. This is what the Democratic Party has for minority voters. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Now, I like Moink Box because they are helping keep the U.S. independent from China. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company. It's owned by the Chinese. And their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which, by the way, is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you will find it in your grocery store aisle every day. I'd like to tell you about Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, and much more. Plus, you can cancel anytime. I love Moink because they are committed to our country, and I know you'll like it too. And my husband can attest to the fact that Moink meat tastes good. So keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Liz right now, and you will get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. You have to use my URL. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Liz. That's moinkbox.com slash Liz. You'll be glad that you did. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen and tacos, we have what might be the absolute funniest thing that I have ever seen. Um, on the surface, at least, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. It has some dark underpinnings. But before we get to the dark underpinnings, let's just enjoy um, the surface level, the fact that First Lady Jill Biden's speech writers must hate her guts to have put something like this in the speech. They must have, I don't know, they must, they must be, 
They must be some really wily Republicans to get these words to come out of the first lady's mouth. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have watched this probably 20 times and I actually cannot believe that a politician and the wife of the president of the United States, no less, uh, a politician who has been in government for 50 years would lack any self-awareness to how this sounds to, I mean, she's talking to Latinos and she's, she's, she called Latinos tacos. I mean, who does this? Who actually does this? And here's what I'll say. I mean, this is so funny. So funny. This is a can this is a campaign ad for not only 2022, but 2024, just in and of itself. <laughs> hey, Latinos, hey, Hispanics, this is what the Democratic Party thinks of you. This is how the left actually views minorities. They actually are disgusted by you. They 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 view you as 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 food stereotypes. And here's a, here, here's the thing. This is actually, Jill Biden saying this is actually worse than Joe Biden's constant and really horrible, the horrible things that Joe Biden says. Because we we do, as a country, and I'm not just talking about um, Democrats or the mainstream media, Republicans too, we all give Joe somewhat of a pass when he says these just atrocious things like Hispanics are a diverse people, unlike the black vote. Um, in and of itself, I mean, if you think about that phrase, that's really a horrendous thing that Joe Biden is saying. He's saying that black voters aren't diverse, that they are a monolithic voter demographic. And what could be, I mean, more horrible, what could be more racist than um, judging someone based on the color of their skin and telling that person that they must think a certain way based on the amount of pigmentation in their skin? That's what Joe Biden is saying. But even though that's, it's so awful, it's almost hard to wrap your mind around, um, he's given somewhat of a pass. We give him somewhat of a pass because he's so old. He's so demented. And I think that we have some sympathy for him as an individual because it's pretty obvious at this point that, I mean, that other people are controlling him. It's pretty obvious that he has <laughs> extreme mental decline here. It's pretty obvious that he's he's a puppet. He might even be the victim of elder abuse. And so, yeah, he, he, he gets a little bit of a pass. He shouldn't because he shouldn't be the president of the United States. But as an individual, he does. But it's worse when Jill Biden calls Latinos tacos. I can't even say it without laughing because it's, who does this? It's worse when Jill Biden says this because Jill Biden is not particularly old. Jill Biden is not suffering from dementia. Jill Biden is not being controlled by whoever's running his teleprompter like Joe is. Jill Biden is the one controlling Joe. And what she said is what she actually thinks. What she said is not just what she thinks as an individual, which is bad enough. She said what the Democratic Party thinks of minority voters. It's it, it's the same sort of thing that we that we saw in that in that video, that really sad video of the toddlers in diapers cursing at um, police officers, saying "f you" to police officers, saying, calling police officers uh, "b bleeps." Um, th this is the same sort of thing. Liberal policies to, in the Black community have caused 
what's what what we see now in inner cities have caused the this this lack of family and the this belief that police officers are here to murder you and that your life is on the line and Democrats know this. Their policies cause that and they don't care the harm that they're causing to the black community. And, and, and Jill Biden just, just shows us that it's not, that's not an opinion or that's not an attitude towards just the black community. This is the attitude of the Democratic Party and the left towards all minority voting demographics. That's, that's how the left looks at people. They look at people like voter demographics. They don't look at people like people. They look at people apparently like tacos, but they look at, they look at people for how these people can be used, how these people can be controlled. And when you look at people as just a medium to achieving your political agenda, then you don't care if you hurt the humanity while you're in the process of achieving your goal. And that's exactly why. But people, by the way, people aren't stupid. There, there, there's an element of our country for sure who has fallen prey to leftist narratives. That's of course true. That's always going to be true. I would argue that, uh, that, you know, almost every voter that voted for Joe Biden fell prey to the lies that Joe Biden and the left and the Democratic Party and the mainstream media told. But people by and large aren't stupid when someone punches them in the face and then says, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't control my hand. It, it, it just happened to you because of the color of your skin. People aren't stupid when it impacts them and harms them personally. And that's what's happening in our country right now, that Joe Biden's words might have sounded harmless or might have sounded even good to a lot of a lot of people who maybe didn't do their research, who, who weren't terribly politically involved. But when inflation hit and gas prices hit and the quality of life in our country decreased under Biden, especially compared with the, the thriving economy of the Trump administration, people started saying, well, wait a second wait a second, Joe, you are the president of the United States and you said that you were going to champion black people and women and Latinos. And yet what I'm experiencing, what I am experiencing and my family's experiencing, my spouse, my husband, my wife, my children, my business, my work, my paycheck, what I'm experiencing is the opposite. I'm, I'm experiencing um, a paycheck that compared to the level of inflation has actually shrunk. Even as, as wages technically have increased, inflation has increased so much more that wages haven't kept up. So things are more expensive, but I'm making less. And my business has, has been harmed by your COVID policies. And, uh, and all you're doing is sending my money to Ukraine instead of using it, giving it back to me, which is what you should do since you've taken it from me with taxes. There's a reason that Joe Biden's approval rating has dropped. It's dropped to 29% because people are starting to understand once it impacts them, the enormity of what Joe Biden is doing. Not because he's oblivious, not because this is simply happening, but because the Democrats, and maybe it's the Democrats who surround Biden and control Biden, but ultimately Biden bears responsibility because he's the chief executive. These policies are using us they're stereotyping us based on our immutable characteristic and using us as tools in order to achieve their political agenda. And that's why Biden's approval rating is at 29%. That's, that's a really small number, a really small number. And his disapproval rate is at 58%. Among independents, his approval rating is 19%, 19%. And his disapproval rating is at 67%. That means that the vast majority of independent voters are not going to vote for Joe Biden in 2024 if two thirds say that they disapprove of him in this poll. And then Hispanics, Hispanics 
approve of Joe Biden at just 36%, but 48% of Hispanics disapprove of Joe Biden. And by the way, this poll is not something that's a secret. This poll is not something that only Republicans have access to. The Biden administration bases half of what they do on public sentiment, at least according to their polls. And they're aware that Hispanics and Latinos are hurting. They're actually aware. What's worse is they're aware that Latino people don't like to be called Latinx, that they like to be called Latino or Latina. And the Biden administration doesn't care. The Biden administration knows for a fact that Hispanic people disapprove um, by a, a wide majority of the job that Biden is doing. And they're insulted when Jill Biden calls them Latinx, and yet they do it anyway, which proves just again and again and again that the Biden administration is not only stereotyping people based on their perceived voter demographic, whatever it might be, characteristic, um, they're actually willing to hurt us if it helps them achieve their political agenda. And Latinx, as we know, it helps them, using that ridiculous phrase, helps them achieve their political agenda because it helps them obliterate objective truth. It helps their assault on gender, which is a part of the, the Marxist strategy to, um, to, to damage not only gender, but relationships and marriage and the family and in, in this, this reliance that we have on our nuclear family structure. And it, it obliterates all of that. It renders people dependent on the government. It, it also, our system of government can never work unless unless the underpinning of our system of government are our social institutions like the family. This is, this is all something Joe Biden knows, that the Biden administration knows, that Jill Biden knows, which is why, even though Hispanics strongly disapprove of the job that Joe Biden is doing and do not like to be called Latinx, it's why Jill Biden calls Latinos tacos and also calls Latinos Latinx. Now, the Biden administration might be willing to might be willing to sacrifice Latinos and Hispanics for the sake of the greater political agenda. Um, but there are there are other people, and this is quite telling. There, there's a progressive group called Root, Roots Action. This is a very left-wing group, a very left-wing group that doesn't want Biden to be the Democratic nominee for president in 2024. And this is this is quite a big deal that a progressive group like this is actually saying this out loud and not just amongst themselves when, you know, when they're going out to drinks after work. Now, I love Genucel plant stem cell therapy. I've used it all over my face, under my eyes, and it cleared up the dry flakiness and even reduced my forehead lines. Someone even asked if I had surgery or procedures done. Nope, just Genucel. Thank you. That, my friends, is a testimonial from Samantha from Arcadia, California, raving about her transformative results. Genucel has sold over 1 million products to women and men across this great country of ours, and everyone falls in love with the results. Fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, and even those annoying bags and puffiness, gone. Best of all, guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Now see the difference for yourself with 65% off their most popular packages at Genucel.com. That's 65% off all customer favorites, including the classic under eye bags and puffiness treatment. If you visit my URL, it's Genucel.com slash Liz and enter my promo code Liz at checkout, you will get an extra 20% off. Order today and get their summer essential dark spot corrector absolutely free. Go to genucel.com slash Liz. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz. That's genucel.com slash Liz. So this progressive group Roots Action came out with a statement, and this is what they said. They said, quote, 
Unfortunately, President Biden has been neither bold nor inspiring, and his prospects for winning re-election appear to be bleak. With so much at stake, making him the Democratic Party's standard bearer in 2024 would be a tragic mistake. Now, the co-founder of this group is a guy named Jeff Cohen, and he actually said if you're in touch with Democratic Party activists, the frustration with Joe Biden is palpable. And I can I can testify to that personally. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of liberals, a lot of people in the news industry, a lot of people in politics, and people, even Democratic voters, are extremely frustrated with Biden. Now, they might be frustrated for the opposite reason that you and I are. People in politics uh, might be frustrated with Biden because he hasn't been as liberal as they want him to be, which is absurd. Um, but regardless, the, these people understand that what Joe Biden is doing, the strategy that he's using, where he's he's harming people based on their immutable characteristics and how they fit into this preconceived idea of who they who the Democrats think they ought to be based on their immutable characteristics. Um, that this is this is a losing a losing strategy. The Roots action goes on to say a president is not his party's king, and he has no automatic right to renomination. Joe Biden should not seek it. If he does, he will have a fight on his hands. I love to hear this. I hope that there is a contested situation in 2024 leading up to the presidential election. If the Democratic Party has the audacity to run um, a guy who's going to be, what, 82 years old by that time, almost 82 years old, um, but but here, here's the question that we should be asking. What do Democratic voters care about? Putting aside these, these elected officials in, in Congress or even the leaders of the party themselves, certainly putting aside mainstream media pundits who are such elitists, they are untouched by the policy, the harmful policies the left inflicts on, on everyday American citizens. What do Democratic voters care about? And this is, this is very interesting because there's been a shift in the public narrative coming from leftist institutions who are recognizing what Jill and Joe Biden don't seem to be recognizing, that Joe Biden is a very unpopular president and particularly with necessary voting demographics like independent voters or like the Hispanic Latino community or even the black community that he's becoming increasingly unpopular. The New York Times actually published a piece this week um, called Most Democrats Don't Want Joe Biden in 2024, According to a New Poll. And this is what the New York Times, of all places, the New York Times writes, 64% of Democrat voters say they would prefer a new standard bearer in 2024, in the 2024 presidential campaign, according to a New York Times Siena College poll. As voters nationwide have soured on his leadership, giving him a meager 33% job approval rating. Widespread concerns about the economy, this is from the New York Times, and inflation have helped turn the national mood decidedly dark, both on Mr. Biden and the trajectory of the nation. As if those are like two different things, New York Times. Okay. More than three quarters of registered voters see the United States moving in the wrong direction, a pervasive sense of pessimism that spans every corner of the country, every age range and racial group, cities, suburbs, and rural areas, as well as both political parties. But get this. More than two thirds of independents also now disapprove of the president's performance and nearly half strongly disapprove. That, my friends, is the critical the critical um, piece of information there. Among fellow Democrats, his approval rating stands at 70%. Now, that might seem, let me just interrupt the New York Times for a second, that might seem like a majority, while well, seven out of 10 Democrats like him, but it's actually, compare that to President Trump when he was president, over 90% of Republicans approved of President Trump. I think it was like 93, 94%. So 70%, just seven out of 10 people in your own party when you're the incumbent president is extremely low, very, very low. 94% of Democrats under the age of 30 said they would prefer a different presidential nominee. 
Holy cow. Holy cow. Now, why? Why do Democrats not like Joe Biden? This is why. According to uh, the New York Times, you can see this on the screen, 33% of Democrat voters say that Joe Biden is too old. They cite his age as the primary reason that they want him not to run for president again in 2024. 32% say it's because of his job performance. 12% just prefer someone new. 10% say he's not progressive enough. 4% cite his ability to win the general election. 3% cite his mental acuity. Um, his views on domestic issues are actually extremely small. 1% of people cited that. Um, this is quite something. So people care about how old he is. That means everything that we see, everything that we laugh about, whether it's Joe Biden repeating the line on the teleprompter last week during his Roe v. Wade speech where he said, end of quote, repeat the line, um, people understand that he's mentally unfit for office, that he he's a doddering, walking vegetable who's being controlled by radical leftists behind the scene, people like Jill Biden who call Latinos tacos. When, when people were asked issues, so that, that's a, that was an open-ended question, by the way, when, when people were asked, Democrats were asked, why don't you, or why do you want a different candidate or a different nominee in 2024? That's what they said. When they were asked about issues specifically, this is what the New York Times writes. Jobs in the economy were the most important problem facing the country, according to 20% of voters, with inflation and the cost of living, 15%, close behind as prices are rising at the fastest rate in generation. One in 10 voters named the state of American democracy and political division as the most pressing issue, about the same share who named gun policies after, after several high-profile mass shootings. Isn't that interesting? Only one out of 10 Democrat voters care about um, the state of American democracy. And this, by the way, the, the state of American democracy is something we should care about, but not the way the New York Times means it. That, that phrase from the New York Times is just a euphemism for January 6th and the January 6th committee. And so only one out of 10. That means that 90% of Democrats don't care about this, this witch hunt that the Democrats are staging in the House right now. The, these hearings, these January 6th committee hearings, voters do not care. That, to me, that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Now, I like Dormeo because really good, really nice mattresses are crazy expensive, but I still want to sleep on a bed that feels really good and really nice. If you suffer from achy hips, back, or shoulders, then you have to try the new premium mattress topper by Dormeo. At a fraction of the cost of a new mattress, you can get that new bed feeling without having to buy a new bed. Their smart body zoning helps create better support for your body while you sleep. Their mattress topper has a full range of sizes from twin all the way through king. They even have RV sizes and a new split head king. And it's perfect for everything from an adjustable base to a spare bed in the guest room to couches, futons, or boats. Basically, if you can sleep on it, they probably have a mattress topper for it. Plus, Dormeo is known for their incredible customer service. Don't believe me? Give them a call or message them on their website and be amazed at how fast they respond. Let me tell you, they sent me one and I love it. I think you will too. Right now, if you go to dormeo.com slash Liz, you will receive 30% off your Dormeo mattress topper. That's the best offer you'll find anywhere, but you have to go to my URL. It's dormeo.com slash Liz. It's spelled D-O-R-M-E-O.com slash Liz. Remember, with our 10-year warranty and a 100-night risk-free trial plus free shipping, it's crazy not to give Dormeo a try. Okay, so more than 75% of Democratic voters in this New York Times poll said that the economy was extremely important to them, and yet only 1% rated economic conditions as excellent. This is a crisis for Joe Biden, an absolute crisis. The only caveat here, and this is something Republicans should think very deeply about, 
very hard about and be very honest with themselves about in a hypothetical matchup rematch in 2024 with former President Donald J. Trump, Biden comes out on top 44% to 41%. This is what the New York Times says. The poll showed the Democratic misgivings about Mr. Biden seemed to mostly melt away when presented with a choice between him and Mr. Trump. 92% of Democrats said they would stick with Mr. Biden. What do we think of that? This is something Republicans need to be very upfront about. Something Republicans need to think very long and very hard about. Who is the most qualified candidate who will not only be the best president in office, but who will stand the best chance of winning re-election, whether, pair, whether, whether in a match against Joe Biden or any of the other Democratic candidates who may be tapped to replace Biden, who we're going to discuss in just a moment. Is it President Trump or is it someone else? I'm actually very interested in, in what you guys think of this. So whether, whether you're following along on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether, um, whether you follow me on Twitter, let me know what you think of this because this is a conversation we can't be afraid to have. We have to have, and I'm very interested to see what you say about this. The New York Times published another piece, as if this one wasn't enough. The New York Times published another piece this weekend that said that was titled, At 79, Biden is testing the boundaries of age in the presidency. And so what this tells us, this, this is interesting because this is the quote from the article. He often shuffles when he walks and aides worry that he will trip on a wire. He stumbles over words during public events and they hold their breath to see if he makes it to the end without a gaffe. Although White House officials insist they make no special accommodations the way Reagan's team did, Privately, they try to guard Mr. Biden's weekends in Delaware as much as possible. He is generally a five or five and a half day a week president, although he is called at any hour, regardless of the day, as needed. He stays out of public view at night and has taken part in fewer than half as many news conferences or interviews as recent predecessors. So what's the New York Times doing here? What does this tell us? The New York Times is actually making a strategic move. They're doing something incredibly crafty here. And they understand that Democrats, when you just ask them, why do you want a different president in 2024, a different Democratic nominee for president, that Democratic voters say age. So what the New York Times is doing is they're playing into this because they want a different president as well. But what they're avoiding doing is telling the truth, is acknowledging the reality. The reality being that, of course, Biden's age is a factor here. Of course, Biden's, Biden's mental state is, is a national security risk. Of course, it's inappropriate that he's in office at all. But the real problem is that the policies that have been inflicted on the American people by the Biden administration have hurt Americans. That gas prices are high, not arbitrarily, but because Biden refuses to drill for oil. Biden shut down the pipelines. Biden took away energy independence that we enjoyed under Trump and made us dependent on Russian oil, on foreign oil, that his energy policy is so unstable that even, even gas and oil companies that already have federal leases are afraid to invest in them. They understand that the inflation that we're facing right now is because Biden keeps printing money and keeps spending money, that he's still pushing for his $5 trillion Build Back Better plan, even as we face this insane inflation. This is what the New York Times is doing. It's a very crafty, very clever, actually. I'm, al I'm almost impressed with, with uh, what a sneaky strategy this is because they don't want Biden to be president anymore, but they don't want the American people to understand and make that connection between the, between the policies from the Biden administration and the harm that we are feeling in our everyday lives. So they say, okay, we well, you know what we're gonna do? 
we're going to focus on his age because his age is like a harmless, non-political, non-tangible reason that we could just get rid of him, brush him under the rug, and then we can usher in a Democrat who will be more progressive, more radical, more dangerous, whose policies will actually harm the American people, perhaps even worse. But by the time that person's in office, it'll be too late for the American people to, to know any better, to vote any differently. This is what the New York Times is doing. And it's a smart strategy. Like I said, I'm almost impressed by this strategy, but it's a reason why we're suddenly seeing headlines about Biden's mental state, whether it was this end of quote, repeat the line, or, you know, even even, even when Biden, remember when Biden, after the speech that he gave, um, turned around, he, he closed the speech and then he turned around and he, and he shook hands with, with the air. I think actually we have the, I think we have this clip. There's not a single thing America can't do when we do it together as the United States of America. God bless you all. I get the actual cringies when I watch that. It's so painful to watch him and his speaking and then turn and, and shake hands with the air. But what's worse is if you look at his face when he's shaking hands with the air, he thinks that he's shaking hands with someone. He, he, he doesn't realize that he just, he just, he just groped into, into the void. He thinks that someone is standing there. He looks like he's interacting with someone. He is completely spaced out, completely detached from reality here. And, and the same thing, I mean, his, I know he's always had a stutter and the left has used that as a crutch for, um, for the fact that the way that he speaks now is so very different than the way he spoke 10 years ago or 20 years ago. They, they use this stutter as an excuse for, this, which cannot be explained by a stutter. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. And uh, this, is, this is what it sounds like when your drunk friend texts you, texts you um, a bunch of consonants that are supposed to represent the sound of vomiting. That's exactly what Joe Biden just just articulated. Someone typed that into his prompter, and it, it, it's 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 what's the onomatopoeia of vomiting. That's that's exactly word vomiting. It is word vomit here. But th there's a reason why these things have become the primary um, criticism or the primary target of criticism, and it's 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 a valid criticism, but it hides the deeper underlying problems with the Biden administration. It's also, by the way, this is sort of a side note. It's also, by the way, why the staff at the White House is quitting in droves. And I know there's always a lot of turnover. It's a high turnover position at any White House. But usually when staff quits a, an administration, they make these big announcements, these, these, these big statements that act like they're moving up in the world, because in a sense, you can't move up in the world when you're at the White House. Whatever you're going to do is, is less prominent. It's, it's, it's less high energy. And so people always exaggerate whatever role they're moving to next. It's kind of funny to watch once you realize that everyone does this. But the staff for Joe Biden is not doing this. They're, they're doing something very different. They're trying to sneak away. They're trying to slide into the shadows. And they're actually getting very defensive when they're asked, are you leaving? And for what reason are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Where are you going? It's, it's like what the White House did when Kate Bedingfield left, who was part of the communications team for Biden. 
um, when they were asked, when the White House was asked for details about this, they they actually um, they they gave the information on the slide to another media outlet to act like they were announcing it instead of that they had just been caught trying to slide this one past the American people. No one will give a reason why they're leaving the Biden White House. And I'll give you the reason why. It's because it's humiliating to work for a walking vegetable. It's humiliating to work for an administration that is using a walking vegetable to actively harm the American people in pursuit of some Marxist political agenda. That's what we're seeing on unfold before our eyes. So who's going to replace Joe Biden in 2024? If the Democrats decide to fire him, which, which candidate will they run instead? I mean, they're obviously not going to run Kamala Harris here. She's she's maybe the most disliked politician in the history of in the history of modern American politics. I think fewer people like Kamala Harris than than liked Donald Trump. That's how disliked she is. So who are they going to run? I have a couple of um, front runners who I think they'll run. I think that. Um, we better keep our eye on Pete Buttigieg, especially, especially this past weekend, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was eating, was eating at a restaurant and a bunch of pro-abortion activists came outside and, and started and started a rowdy protest. And Kavanaugh had to sneak through the kitchen to exit so that he wasn't confronted by these, by these agitators. And in response to that, Pete Buttigieg's uh, partner, Chastid Buttigieg, tweeted, a tweet that said, well, maybe Kavan, maybe these protesters just, you know, maybe Kavanaugh just wanted, just wanted dine to make his own, his own decisions about dining pri- privacy or some really dumb um, analogy comparing Kavanaugh wanting to eat in peace to um, Chastin's support of allowing abortionists to kill unborn children in their mother's wombs here. And this was, this was obviously an, an, an implicit endorsement of these, of these agitators harassing Supreme Court justices. And when Buttigieg was asked about it, his response was, I mean, this guy is good. Your husband tweeted after uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh left a Washington restaurant due to protesters. The tweet reads, sounds like he just wanted some privacy to make his own dining decisions. Is that appropriate, sir? Look, when uh, public officials go into public life, we we should expect two things. One, uh, you should always be free from violence, harassment, and intimidation. And two, you're never going to be free from criticism or peaceful protest, people exercising their First Amendment rights. And that's what happened in this case. Remember, the justice never even came into contact with these protesters, uh, reportedly didn't see or hear them. And these protesters are upset because a right, an important right, that the majority of Americans support was taken away. Not only the right to choose, by the way, but but this justice was part of the process of stripping away the right to privacy. As long as I've been alive, settled case law in the United States has been that the Constitution protected a right to privacy. And that has now been thrown out the window by justices, including Justice Kavanaugh, who, as I recall, swore up and down in front of God and everyone, including the United States Congress, that they were going to leave settled case law alone. So yes, people are upset. They're going to exercise their First okay. Amendment rights. And as long as that's peaceful, that's protected. Compare that, for example, to the reality that as a country right now, we're reckoning with the fact that a mob summoned by the former president All right, well, let me follow up, Mr. Secretary. the United States Capitol for the purpose of overthrowing the election and very nearly succeeded in preventing the peaceful transfer of power. But I think common sense can tell the difference. But But as a high-profile public figure, sir, are you comfortable with protesters protesting when you and your husband go to dinner at a restaurant? 
protesting peacefully outside in a public space? Sure. Look, I can't even tell you the number of spaces, venues, and scenarios where I've been protested. And, and the bottom line is this. Any public figure should always, always be free from violence, intimidation, and harassment, but should never be free from criticism or people exercising their First Amendment rights. Oh, man, that guy is good. He it's almost as if he was raised by a Marxist father. That guy, I mean, he's really, really good rhetorically. What he did here is he 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 immediately separated peaceful protests from violent agitators, um, which is is the right and proper thing to do that. That is very different. But he he put these agitators who have been protesting outside the Supreme Court justices' homes, who have been threatening their safety. These justices have had to flee. I mean, Kavanaugh was the target of an assassination attempt, for goodness sake. And what Buttigieg did is he very smoothly put these agitators in the peaceful protest so that if you criticize them, you are then criticizing someone's First Amendment right uh, to to criticize a, a public official, a politician, and man, he did that really, really smoothly. It's a lie. It's a misrepresentation. It's a deliberate, a deliberate tactic to trick you and to implicitly do, well, do what his husband did, implicitly endorse these agitators because he agrees with the agitators' politics. But man, oh man, did he do that, do that in a sneaky manner. And then what's, what's even, well, what's even better, and I say better just because tactically it was better, is he pivots to January 6th. Now, fortunately, only one out of 10 Democrat voters care about January 6th and those, those show trial hearings that the left is holding in the House of Representatives right now. Um, but man, oh man, is is Pete Buttigieg slick. He, he will be the front runner to replace Biden if, if, this is how you'll be able to tell who it is over the next two years. If he is able to take ownership of some policy, some perceived victory, at least victory as perceived by the left, if he's able to take ownership of some perceived victory on the left that satisfies the left's base, so what will that be? Will it be a healthcare initiative? Will it be a gun control initiative? Will it be an environmental initiative? Will it be a taxing initiative? I don't know. I don't know. It depends what the Biden administration is able to accomplish. But you will be able to tell which of the following candidates will be the candidate who is being groomed to replace Biden by whether or not they have taken ownership of a policy that the Democrats perceive to be a victory. So Maybe it'll be Buttigieg. Maybe it'll be Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom has towed the line on COVID policy, on, on, on gender ideology, on climate change, on critical race theory to a T. I mean, this guy fits the bill of an elitist hypocritical politician who plays by different rules than he sets for you. That, that is the epitome of a Marxist. And yet he's able, a lot of politicians, when they're caught doing this, it, it leads to their political demise. Not Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom defeated a recall attempt against him. Gavin Newsom never backs down on his radical leftist ideology, and that's what they're looking for. So how will you be able to tell if it's Gavin Newsom? Well, if Gavin Newsom is given ownership, if he's given the credit for a significant policy victory, at least as perceived by the left, that's how you know that he's going to be the one who takes over Biden. Stacey Abrams, the left loves Stacey Abrams, at least the left who are the, the activists and the community organizing left, these, these, uh, the money behind the Democrat agenda, love Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams cannot win the general election unless she has 
a victory on a policy level. She might she might be the perfect candidate when it philosophically for the left when it comes to degrading voter integrity and election integrity, but you'll be able to tell if it's Stacey Abrams if they give her credit for some policy achievement. And they've tried. They've actually tried to give Stacey Abrams credit multiple times, but she's she's ruined it. So is Stacey Abrams going to be the pick? I don't think so. There's a lot of talk about Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City. Will he be the Democrats pick? Because you know, he once you run New York City, that that's and it's a, you know, it's a tiny little area compared to the United States, but it is a small microcosm of how you would run the United States. Eric Adams will never be able to be president if he has turned off the American people with the policies on gun control, with the policies on COVID, with the policies on trans ideology. He will only be the Democrats. You will know that he is the Democrats pick if they assign him the credit for a policy victory. And a lot of people ask about Michelle Obama. Would Michelle Obama be uh, a good candidate? Will she run? Would she win? And I actually think if she ran, she would be a difficult candidate to defeat. She's has universal name recognition. She's very widely liked and known on, on the left and in Hollywood and with money. And of course, she's attached to Obama's name. And I don't think that there's a chance in a million years that she would run. Not because she doesn't want to be president. I think she probably would want to be president. Um, I don't think she liked being first lady because she came from a background of being a hospital administrator, which is like the boss lady. And, you know, she gets to the White House and they're like, now it's time for smiles and skirts. And she was like, well, wait a second. I was the boss lady at the hospital. Um, I think she would have liked to be president. She would have preferred to be president first lady. But will Barack allow her to run? Barack feels secure in his legacy. He feels like he is, you know, the godfather of, of the left right now. And he's not, he's not old. He's young. He has a lot of kingmaker years ahead of him. Um, Michelle Obama, would she be a threat to that legacy? I think she would. And I think Barack Obama understands that. So which of these candidates will be the candidate the Democrats choose to replace Biden? Watch, you will be able to tell because whoever it is will take ownership, will be given credit by the media and by other leftist politicians of some policy that the Democrats deem to be a victory. But ultimately, ultimately, what this comes down to is whether it's Jill Biden calling Latinos tacos, whether it's uncivilized, savage toddlers assaulting police officers and swearing at them. Um, these people, these leftists, actively hate the people they claim to care about. They actively hate us. They hate you. They hate me. And we're not stupid. The American people are not stupid. You're not stupid. I'm not stupid. Nobody, and people listening to this aren't stupid. People know when a policy has a direct impact that harms us, and a politician lies to us and says, it's not my fault. I implemented the policy and it hurt you, but it, it, I bear no responsibility for this. People see through that. And that's what's starting to happen in this country. And that's why people are starting to reject Joe Biden, even people on the left. And that makes Biden and the Democratic Party and the left frightened. They're scared of the reality that people aren't as stupid as they assumed we would be. Democratic voters aren't as stupid as Democratic politicians assumed they would be, which tells us that pounding the truth and exposing the reality makes a difference. It is only 2022. We haven't even passed the midterms yet. Joe Biden has not even passed the halfway mark in his first term. And already he's underwater to the point where his approval rating is 29% and independents hate him and Hispanics hate him. This is a good thing for our country. This is a good thing for Republicans 
it means that we are doing something right and that we should continue what we're doing. Have faith in the American people. This fight has only just begun. Over on Locals, um, the Attorney General of the state of Ohio busted the narrative that the left has been perpetuating about the 10-year-old girl who was allegedly raped and allegedly pregnant and couldn't obtain an abortion allegedly because of pro-life laws in the state of Ohio. Uh, This has been a questionable narrative for quite some time, but uh, the Ohio Attorney General says this is false. Join us, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Um, We're going to talk about all the details. You can use my promo code ACCESS to get your first month free, so you can watch this for free for the next month on your annual subscription, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.